I am um, Jim McGreevy and welcome to Second Chances. And today it's a great honor to be with the Right Honorable Craig Coughlin, the Speaker of the New Jersey General Assembly. And I've had the pleasure of knowing Craig and his beloved wife and three sons for, for like literally a lifetime. As Tish said to me, you know, I was carrying Nicholas and I was licking envelopes for you. I said, oh my gosh, that's a, that's a, that's a mark of guilt. Um, but I just wanted to once say thank you to Craig. And Craig is a, is a son of the great community of South Amboy, New Jersey, where um, South Amboy back in its day was, was largely, you had to be either Polish and you went to Sacred Heart or you went, you were Irish and you went to St. Mary's. But the, the other thing South Amboy was known for was having more gin mills than any city, at least in New Jersey, maybe. Well, I think, well, not more gin, but, but more per square mile. Remember, South Amboy was a oh, that's what it was. one square mile uh, town. And percentage. You know, back in the day, it was, a, it was a place where virtually many, many blocks had had a, had a bar on the corner. Yeah, it was a working class. Yeah. So, so what was it like to grow up in South Amboy, Greg? Well, it it was it was a place that was rooted in its community. You know, as I said, it's a one square mile town. Um, uh, probably seventy five hundred people back then when I was growing up. I grew up in, uh, you know, I was I, I, I was born in fifty eight. So you know, the years I have memories are starting probably late, you know, mid sixties, right when I yes. started. Going kindergarten and and through high school and you know I lived there until I got after I got married I was on the city council but it, it was a place that um, that was the kind of a typical as you point out the, the gym a, a blue collar hard-working town there were a lot of um, factories still in the area you know, there yeah. was several had had uh, uh, DuPonts and Hercules and uh, I had uncles who worked at uh, ASNR, which was a smelting plant in Perth Amboy. My, my dad worked at uh, Chevron Oil in Perth Amboy. Sure. Um, so a lot of people who worked in, in factories, a lot of men who, who did that. Um, strong commitment to the volunteer fire department in South Amboy was at, at the, the heart of the community. Still is, by the way. There's still an all volunteer fire department. Um, rooted in 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 faith i mean in addition to having the two big catholic churches um for for a tiny town which was overwhelmingly catholic uh there was you know there was a lutheran church a presbyterian church a Presby uh uh there was even a, a synagogue when i was a, was a kid that ultimately moved to to Cerebral. so there was were those kind of things at one point new south Amway produced the most priests and nuns in the uh, in, in the diocese, yeah. uh, and the trade was the Trenton diocese back then before. Yeah. Before so you, it was that kind of engagement and community. You knew, you knew people is one of the places where everybody thinks they know everybody. You they don't, when, when you go knock on doors, when you're campaigning, you find out there's how many people you don't know, but, yeah. but the truth of the matter is we all went to school together. I, Hoffman High that I graduated from was uh, smallest public high school in the state, I guess at the time, 72 kids in my graduating class so it was kids. 72 kids um oh my gosh so 
you know, it, it was a, it was that kind of place. It was that uh, kind of typical, probably early 60s, late 50s place. People had most of the guys who had been men who lived there were veterans. You know, yeah. World War Two. Uh, yeah. Strong sense of faith, strong sense of community, strong sense of hard work um, and strong sense of family. Uh, yeah. That's so so so. What's can I ask you? What street were you? Sure, I was. Uh, I was born, and then my sister still lives on the corner of Fifth and Feltus. Okay, I know it exactly. And so, and then like little league. Yeah, I was a little league player. I, I I was you know we played little league. I played pop Warner football. I had to quit because of my allergies, not because of the fact that I really stunk at it. Um, but uh, it was a little league. It was a Cub Scout. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I didn't have the allergy excuse. I just stopped. <laughs> uh, I was a Cub Scout. Uh, made it up to Weeblos. Never was a Boy Scout. Uh, and, and had a pretty typical life. You know, it was a time when you would be out with your your friends uh, from sunup to sundown on yeah. any day. Remember, no cell phones, no uh, no, no way you, you know, the Nothing, church, exactly. literally the fire alarm would they'd sound the fire horn at seven o'clock and the church bells would ring at six o'clock and it was kind of the signal to come home i know that sounds like it's out of an old movie but the truth is i love it that's what it's like you rode your bike and you hung around with your friends and um for us yeah. it was the, when the street lights went on we had to be home yeah well in the summer it's late when the street lights come on i know so, i know exactly uh, but you know, we did all all of those those kind of things. Had had you know great friends and strong sense of community. And my dad died when I was a little boy, so I was he was four. I was four when he died. Um, so my family was a little different than some of the others. Um, but my mother was a phenomenal woman who is everything you know. Everything I ever am or will be is because of her. So I mean, uh, this is like you know. I was talking to someone the other day and um, and I mean that people in leadership in the state that actually know difficult, hard times. And I said, you know, you were the only person that, that I knew that had, ha I mean, that obviously has to be a, a seismic event. Um, my father's mother died uh, when he was seven years old and it, it like they had a large family it broke apart the family for a time and then they came back together but it, it had to be a, 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 can I ask it, you like what do you yeah remember? well I remember it and, and look I've tried to uh it's it's interesting to see I was four like four and a half he died in July I was born in January so I was four and a half uh, my sister was three at the time um you know, I tried to remember independent recollections of my father, which is tricky sure. because I've heard so many stories so many times repeated and yeah. you know whether that independent recollection or whether the story you've heard many times is a little tricky. But no, my life was not hard. I mean, my growing up was not hard. My mother, um, I only in years can by uh, in, in years that passed found out she took nothing for herself. But we belonged to the Frog Hollow Swim Club and we did uh, everything i never thought for an instant that i had a had a hard life or a life that was denied something it was jim it was it, it was the way it was i was i was four there was yeah there, i didn't know really no. having a father 
uh, this was the way it was. And my mom, as I said, she was an amazing woman. Not once do I ever recall her saying, what was me or, you yeah. know, we got a bad job. It was like, this is it. But she had to yeah. sacrifice. I mean, to be a... Well, she did, she did yeah. for herself, but not yeah. to her. She didn't, sure. But yeah. you, when you're a kid, when you're a four-year-old kid, you don't recognize You don't realize that. that. Yeah. You just say, this is the way life is. And as I got older, uh, you know, I, I came to understand. She didn't work at first. And then as we, we, I say we, it's my sister, Cindy, and I got a little older, she would work part-time. And then ultimately when we got old enough to, to be, you know, come home from school alone, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, high school, she went back to work full-time. And, and so I think things might have been a little easier for her then. But, you know, when I was going off to college, it was, you're going off to college. It wasn't like we have to worry about it. It's like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, but, and look, there were certain social programs that were in place, college students, loans that made this possible. I got my father's uh, social security benefits. One of the reasons I'm a Democrat, I think, is, you know, other than my mom telling me where I was a Democrat when I was 10, as we watched the, uh, I've told this story before. So you know, we're watching the, the Nixon-Humphrey election in, uh, I was 10 years old, it was 1968. And it went late into the night, at least it seemed late to a 10 year old. Um, and I said, well, we want to win. And she said, well, we want the Democrat. And I said, well, why? And she said, because they care about people like us. Yeah. Uh, that and the foundation of my political views for the, you know, for the last 54 years. Um, as, uh, you know, as simple and as eloquent, all in the same sentence to her, you know, 10-year-old son is profound to her 64-year-old son. Yep. So, so that's, that's who it was. And so that my life was not hard. We didn't, I didn't think we, we were missing anything. I mean, I missed the notion of having a father. There were times, I guess, when, when my friends would go have something to do with their father and I didn't have a father to do it. But yeah, my mom taught me how to throw a baseball. My mom taught me how to, uh, how, how to watch, you know, she, she was a big sports fan. So I became a big sports fan. My grandfather was around on the weekends and, you know, it was, it, life didn't, I, I didn't have a hard life. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 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 no. But I guess, you know, I guess my sense is that, there had to be some level of sacrifice on your mom, mom's part to make sure that it was all there to make sure that you lived a life not knowing of her sacrifice sure. and that oh, to the extent possible, she provides this. Yeah. Yeah, but I think her, her part of her greatness was she didn't make, let me ever feel that. Yep. Right? It would have been. No, it no, no, definitely. It, it would have been easy for her to kind of, you know, bear cross yep. and know it yep. she didn't this is it yeah no there's no whining there was not a lot of whining in my house <laughs> there's never whining exactly. there's not and there's still not you know we don't yeah it's not like my, my you, you just you, you suck it up and you get it done yeah the alternative is what we'll complain about it yeah it wasn't there wasn't a lot of that and so well, you know, everything I learned, uh, everything important I learned, I learned in kindergarten. Well, everything I learned that was important, I learned from Claire Kaufman. Yep. So, so I mean, so you, you walk away with a sense of, can I say grit? I guess. Like I said, I, 
Uh, yeah, like, but I did something there. Though. I mean, I I, think yeah, it would I be a better, maybe it's a better honest, political but... narrative if I overcame these challenges and those no, things. No, I don't mean in the, the, the political sense, but I mean in the real sense. I mean, there, there had to be imbued to you a sense of virtue that you just keep going. Yeah, but you all. It, it, but maybe not consciously. No, but you don't. You don't consciously understand that as okay. as a ten-year-old or a nine-year-old. Yep. As a Agreed. twenty five-year-old or you know i probably understood it and when i became a parent at 31 yeah. i kind of understood it then you know what i mean that it's it's it historic you look back and, and you see it from a different perspective and then you understand that stuff yeah well why why law school i wanted to save the world uh when I, I went off to college i wanted to be a sportscaster uh i remember and, you saying that and and then you know those they all had seemingly better voices than mine and i chickened out and didn't take the the risk but decided i wanted to save the world and so i went off to law school uh and uh the first job i applied for was for a, a foundation job in appalachia and i didn't get it um and then I had, you know, but then I was 25 and I had to do something, right? Um, and so I, I got a job and, 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 and you know, it wasn't saving the world. It was for a captive insurance company. So it was, it was fundamentally different, but life goes on. I got engaged and then and got married and, you know, all those things of life that come into place. So, so how did you meet your, your, your bride? Uh, well, I met Tish when we were, I was seven years old. Uh, I told you we did everything in life. So my sister went to uh, dance school at the Vern Fowler School of Dance in Metuchen, New Jersey. Yes. Uh, and there she met uh, my mom. There she met my wife, Tish, and they became friends. My mom and Tish's mom, Barbara, whom you know. Yes. Uh, you, she's passed now. Uh, they became friends and remained friends throughout the course of life. Uh, and that's where I met my wife. And, and we were, uh, my sister had a New Year's Eve party and from 1983 into 1984. And the rest, as they say, is history. That's tremendous. 30 and, and, and who had the political, who had the greater sense of the political bug? You mean me or Tish? Yeah. So, well, probably, I guess we both did it. She just did more about it. Um, pretty typically, she, she's, she, she goes off and does stuff. She was a young dam in Woodbridge. She was oh, I remember, yeah. involved in, she was in, in your camp. I always wanted to, you know, from the time, uh, I guess I was in high school, I thought about running for office. Um, and did when I got back from law school, appointed to the South Amboy Board of Ed when I got out of law school, uh, and then ran for the council in 86, and then in, again in 92, and um, and then we by then we had had our second child, our second son, we have three sons, um, and uh, I thought it was more important, and maybe this is where not having a father, May have had some some little bit of a role. I thought it was more important to be, uh, uh, you know, a father, uh, and so I I left the city council and and didn't run again for I guess seventeen years. I mean, stayed involved. Tish was a committee woman, and I moved. We moved to uh, to Woodbridge, 
to be closer to you. Uh, no, I'm kidding about that. But we moved to Woodbridge, um, and uh, she was she was she became a committee woman. I sure. uh, uh, Gus Masiola, who you recall, was my committee man. So there was no getting that seat. No, uh, no, that was I like became, I, when you were the when they were the mayor. I was the municipal chair, and and so we both kind of kept involved in politics, and um, and then 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 years later, I. I Thought I was I was a municipal judge in Edison at the time, and thought I might try to be a superior court judge. I was hoping to maybe do that, um, and the assembly seat came open, and I ran for it, and and here I am. So it's um, you know it's a bit of a circuitous route, I guess. But uh, in the interim, I coached little league and drove the kids to to their Cub Scouts. Uh, yep. I wasn't much of a scout, so I wasn't about to, to undertake that. Uh, you know, involved in the, 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 the routine things of, of life that are so really important to kids' development. So, um, so that's how I got that. I mean, that's a long yeah. time. So, how, can I ask you, how many years married now? 36. 36. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this in the best sense. It's like the all American. I mean, 36, <laughs> three kids, yeah. you know, Ford's, uh, New Jersey. Yeah. I, I, yeah, the, the luckiest all American in the world. That's who I. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we 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 have always been engaged. You know, my kids delivered your flyers. Right? Yep. My, my oh kids my were actually in your ads when they were little kids. <laughs> exactly. um, you know, my, my first rec recollection of people in South Amboy of my oldest son Craig. Uh, was him being in a baby carriage and a little stroller running around campaign headquarters. So um, my kids have always grown up in an environment where they were college. actively involved. So if you were to say, you know, what are the three values, not not as Craig as a, necessarily as a father or as a husband, but what are the three values that you hold sacred in terms of your your governance or your your service in the legislature? What are, what are the three things that you care or three issues that you care most deeply about? Well, first is helping people. Uh, I mean, I think we have a duty to do that. But if you don't want to do that when you're not, then don't get involved in politics because that's what your first job is. Um, try to, you know, appreciate how fortunate you are to be able to do that. Um, work hard but enjoy it it's a, it's a gift that, that we get to, to you know have nine million people counting on you uh, yeah. in my case or you know a hundred thousand people in woodbridge counting on yep. me or yep. 7500 in south amboy when i was on the city council so sure so you know i think that though that would be it first and foremost is helping people that's what we, everybody does and i believe that everybody who begins a political career begins in that place. They want to make their town better. They want to help people. I, I firmly believe that. Yeah. So so from the, the perspective of working class families, I mean, you spend a lot of time on hunger for people like that are trying to make ends meet. Why has that been a passion of yours as well? Well, for, for a few reasons. First and foremost, I think it's it's closer to a moral obligation than to a um, to a governmental function. Yeah. Um, 
it just strikes at the things that we have to do. I, I, I firmly believe that there are things that we have to do. Just absolutely have a fundamental obligation to our to the people we represent. If we don't, if we can't feed them, house them, give them a chance to succeed, uh, and, and generally that I think is centered around having a, a good education, um, give them level of, of medical benefits so that we can care for them then we don't get the right to call ourselves great at being a state or being a country. And, and, and so food was something that uh, just is almost obvious. Things that I said to stop. I mean, we can, cause we can change that. Yep. We can, and, and, and we have to, right. And it, and you know how you know that Jim is because it just, Look at so how many people are involved in trying to fight that fight. I mean, how many food pantries are there? Yeah. Church, the community-based yeah. groups. And if you say um, uh, we need to feed somebody, people, there's an outpouring for that because it's so fundamental. Most of us yeah. are really lucky. Coughlin's are incredibly lucky, right? We never worry about what we're going to eat or whether we're going to eat. Right. Only yeah. a lot of times where. But so for most of us, it's so fundamental, but it, it is so debilitating if you have to wake up every morning and think about that. Think about being a parent, thinking about being a person. Every day you have to wake up and try to figure out how to feed your family or feed yourself. And it's not because you yeah. forgot to go to the grocery store. Right? Yeah. Not it's because there's not anything to, to, to do that. It's, I have to eat. Yeah, you have to eat. It's, and we all know. I mean, we all know that that food and good nutrition are tied to success for students and um, at, at every level. By the way, including college, uh, which is something I discovered as we went through this. But just the 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 loss, if if you're not that, the how it weighs down your ability to be successful to achieve whatever it is that you're capable of achieving. Mm-hmm. So. I, it struck me first, uh, Senator Vitale is uh, um, my running mate, your friend of yours, I know, uh, succeeded you as a state senator, as a matter of fact. Um, and and so he does something for Habitat for Humanity. Humanity, yeah. Yeah, for housing. So I was, uh, he, he it taught me that, hey, you know, you probably should do something in addition to legislating, perhaps more direct. Because right as a legislator, we make rules, we don't necessarily you know, direct everything to, in a direct way to help. Uh, so I went to a food pantry. So I was looking for something that I, I could, could do and something I cared about. Uh, went to an opening of the Saint, new St. Vincent de Paul uh, office in Perth Amboy. And, and yep. you know, it was nice and lots of help there. And I came outside and there's a long line of people that wrapped around that building and the next building. And, and and what strikes you about it is it doesn't, it didn't know sex, it didn't know race, it didn't know religion, it didn't know party, didn't know anything. It was with people who just needed help. Uh, and so we did a, we did a bowling thing. Uh, Kathy McLaughlin in my office came up with the idea uh, and, and said, let's do some bowling thing. If you want to do something good, let's do this. And, and so We've done that now for 13 years. Uh, but that's, that, it just was that com- desire to do something important. And I think yeah. that's But what, what you said is so true because with our guys and gals that we work with, I mean, they come home yeah. from prison and 
they don't have anything. And, you know, we serve lunch and guys are taking, you know, pieces of chicken and pieces of whatever bread and stuffing it because you realize they don't have a dinner that night. Right. Yeah. It's, this isn't, yeah, it, this is the, their only meal. Right. So yeah. that's, that's why, you know, people make jokes about people taking their plastic bags with them or something like that for many people. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's not, you know, they're not being cheap. They're just trying to get through. Um, yeah, exactly. And they, they don't have that. So, I mean, you know, you spend time talking about, you know, focusing on food and, and food scarcity and supply. And then in this last legislative session, if you will, on the on the other side is it an issue that's basic to every homeowner. I know in the 19th district in the state of New Jersey is property taxes. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. been, you know, for seniors as well. I mean, property taxes has been such a, a crushing hammer so often. You spend your life trying to keep pace and then the property taxes go higher and higher higher particularly when you're retired and and that's what you know what you've done has been important well i i think so i mean look their property taxes have been at the top of the list um in in surveys for ages right yeah uh it is it, it is one thing that that people really uh look at when they say New Jersey needs to, to do things differently. And that's one of the things I think they said last November. And uh, and we had the good fortune this year to have uh, uh, very strong revenue numbers. Uh, and, and so in, in deciding what to do with them, and uh, obviously it, one of the things that we were always trying to do is, is, is cut taxes. Uh, most people don't know it, but before last year, we had 14 tax cuts during the time that I've been speaker. Most of them uh, go unnoticed, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Uh, but you know, this was was an opportunity to do something very meaningful, and, and we did. We, you know, we, re we committed two billion dollars to reducing property taxes throughout the state. People up to uh, who have incomes, uh, family incomes up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, will be able to share in it because we wanted to reach up and and make sure we caught people who are middle class uh, people in in New Jersey. And we have a very—it's an expensive place to live. We have a high salary, so um, we wanted to make sure that we we got as many people as we we could, uh, and 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 so we did that. And we included renters too because that matters to them, right? There's so many people yep. who rent as well. Probably the people that you serve so nobly, I might add—they're um, renters. renters. Yeah, they oftentimes have lost everything. Uh, uh, and I have nothing when they come out and they're, they're a renter. Yeah. Um, so helping them makes a difference. Uh, this is, you know, uh, we've done some other things too. I think that the people will should be mindful, should, should know about it and, and take advantage of the fact that we're going to have a tax sales tax holiday uh, uh, for back to school stuff uh, yeah. to try help people to help stem inflation as best we can. Like we can't, we can't reduce inflation at the, at the state level, right? We can't, there are not monetary policies that we can put in place. But so what we can try to do um, is to help people and give them the assistance uh, to make things better. We, we did that too with child uh, care credits. We've done it yeah. to try to um, uh, child care uh, credits, you know, ch child care uh, facilities. Uh, we're doing it with property taxes. Um, people are struggling at this time. Yeah. Right? 
Um, you see that we saw that in food a lot. We were making some real headway and then the pandemic came and along with it came 2 million unemployment claim. Um, yeah. and, and so boom, it, it, it exploded again. Uh, and just as we're getting back to normal, boom, inflation raises its ugly head. Uh, and so we face more challenges. So helping working class, middle class New Jerseyans um, is something we had the opportunity to do. And I'm proud of the fact that we did it. Can you talk a little bit about education? One of the things, Craig, that we see with our guys and gals coming out of prison is, you know, we give them job training, whether it's HVAC, whether it's CDL, whether it's welding, or Cisco certification or Google, whatever, is, is just that, you know, the need, when you talked about, when I, I thought about, it, was listening to what you said about South Amboy and, and the old factories and the industrial, it's almost as if we have to bring back a sense of vocational education. We have to bring back a sense of that technical training. So if that not everybody's gonna study European history and gonna go on to college and law school to understand the importance of technical education. Is that something that you see that we can make more robust? Because I, I just see a lot of guys and gals, frankly, who check out of the system, whether they drop out of school, and whether it's in, you know, any urban or suburban area. And then they, like years later, we get them and now all of a sudden they're 27 or 31 and they want to learn a technical skill because they realize they went way off the tracks. Yeah, I mean, look, and we have, right? We've, we've done it by investing in programs uh, that, that uh, support and make it easier to go to community college, for yep. example. You know, those things are, can have technical aspects. We've we've done we've invested in in supporting technical education, just as, as you suggested, because not yeah. everybody is has an interest in, in going to a four year college. Uh, not everybody's interested in being an accountant or a lawyer or um, yeah. something else. But you know um, the, the the skills that people do have and and would like to make a career out of. And I think that's what education does. It lets you create a career path, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're good at being a mechanic, you can make a career uh, out of a that. Good, can, a good living. Yeah, you can make a real nice life uh, yeah. out of it uh, and and raise your family, be proud of the work you do, which is so important, by the way. Um, same thing with building trades. Yeah. Those, career path jobs and so many other things are that don't require you to go uh to college and yet are so important and you know interestingly i when the pandemic came and the challenges that result from it proved how important um things that we probably took for granted really were how important was it to have truck drivers who courageously went off to work when all of us were being told to stay home the the, the folks yeah. who work in grocery stores were heroes that uh, you know the the woman who has been a dear friend of ours i coached her kids in little league she's known it for years so i go to work at wegmans which is the yep. near, every day you know double mask gloves yep. on getting it done and getting it done because guess what the coughlins were not able to provide for themselves at that time you know and so many people like me i don't we don't hunt and it was too late to grow a field so we couldn't we couldn't survive without those people driving those trucks and selling us the, the, the things and and, and no, also i appreciate right. your honest yeah no it's the truth yeah so the the other thing that strikes you is how important like if things 
as things change, the things that are important in the day-to-day -day operation of life. Not all of them involve going to college. You know, being a lawyer is great. Uh, you know, I'm proud of it, but when, when it doesn't help you if you have to try to repair something on your own. I'm not yeah. the least mechanically inclined human being on the planet. But um, no, there so, was my father. <laughs> so. Uh, so, you know, so, so it is critically important to engage it, to invest in and commit to, uh, giving people the opportunity, uh, to be, uh, in their, in a, in a career that, that doesn't involve college, right. To afford them the opportunity to go to technical school, afford them the opportunity to go to community college and, uh, and, and do something that will let them create that career path. And, and you see it every day in the work that you do right as you yeah. at the beginning if those if folks had a had a career opportunity um uh, then then they would maybe they, they're going to be well served going forward uh, yeah. and in the job is the tricky work that you do uh but training them is all is critically important. the training is everything because at the end of the day they can feel part of an economy they can feel part of a team part of a company and you know, a lot of Jersey companies will give them breaks. I mean, the problem is the national companies, unfortunately, their HR policies are yeah. you know, designed in Indiana or wherever they're designed. But in, a lot of New Jersey guys will give them breaks, but they want them to have, like we just started this new welding program. We had a group of welding corporations come in last Friday. Every single kid going through that welding program is prospectively hired. The same mm -hmm. thing with our CDL, same thing with diesel mechanics, but they want them to have the skills necessary to compete. So that's, yeah. the, that, that's the exciting that's, thing. Right, and, and in government, we can do it, right? Because we yep. can allocate funds for that. Uh, it isn't, you know, it's cliched a bit to say that the budget is a statement of values, but it's, it is. It is, it's yeah. Not cliched when it's true, right? And that's true, so when we invest in, in community college, we invest in technical programs, then, then we're, we're, we're serving the people. Yeah, no, and I, I just want to thank you for your support for reentry, because it enables us to do what we do and provide training programs so that people change their lives from, unfortunately, the chaos of the streets to God willing doing something productive. Well, look, I mean, it's, a, it, it, first of all, can thank you for all the work that you do. Uh, you, you have been a true uh, leader in in bringing attention to the importance of this uh, that issue of reentry uh, by convincing and reminding us all that you know we're there but for the grace of God go I and we all deserve people deserve a second chance uh, so you've done tremendous work in that area Jim but the the, the truth I think also is that um, we all benefit from that work we all benefit from people who come out of prison who served their time done their punishment um being able to become part of the success of the society yeah. right yeah uh, it's we're, we're not better if we have if we have if people go back to jail we're better if people go to work and and can then have a career and raise a family and participate in the community and and do all of those things and that's the opportunity that you've helped them get uh, and, and I want to thank you also about Craig is also I mean part and parcel of that is the addiction crisis and and fentanyl and I, I just want to thank you for for participating in our fentanyl addiction but it just it's 
it's it's you look at the numbers. I mean, I looked at the numbers in the 19th district. You look at the numbers in Middlesex. You look at the numbers throughout the state of New Jersey, and just for the families that, um, and it, it, like addiction touches everybody. Yeah, there's probably it's, nobody yeah. in the state who doesn't know someone or, or some friend or some relative who hasn't been affected by if not themselves then somebody that they love and care for um, yeah it's just it, it's it's so it's so prevalent it's yeah. just and it's so it's it's just horrible it, it yeah. really it's horrible for the person it's horrible for the people who care and the about family them. yeah yeah i mean like it's it's it, it, like um, it's it's horrible for mom and dad trying to 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 oh, grapple with that you know when they have like three kids or four kids and they're they're, they're trying to to grapple with that and um no but i appreciate that and and, and what siblings, you know. pardon and siblings too i mean yeah the entirety of the family right yeah and, and their children if they have children so that we're, you know we're making a special commitment we get everybody who calls us into into recovery whether detox residential IOP or MAT within 24 hours. And that's what, you know, we're trying to sp spread that message. Could talk a little bit in the, in the time remaining that when you sort of, you look at New Jersey, grew up in New Jersey, South Amboy, you know, almost a bucolic American existence. Um, the challenges that were there, law school come back, Tish, three sons. And you look at, one's question is it might be a little dark and the other question god willing is optimistic how, how has politics changed um and and what can we do to repair that fabric speaker so i i think i think it's changed because it, it it's become more polarized uh because people define themselves oftentimes that, you know, red or blue, Democrat or Republican, um, and are uh, less willing to compromise. And I think that eats away at the sense of us all being in it together, together. And, and needing needing to, to work together and, and make sacrifices. I, I, I think that's probably the, the biggest change. Um, you know, it can be awfully bellicose, uh, and 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 so I don't think that that's positive. Um, I, I how do you change it? I think you just one way to do it. The only way that I can think to do it is um, is to get to know people who are your um, uh, not your opponents, but your colleagues are on with a different view. Yeah. Um, uh, by trying to, to be to understand that we're all in this together and, and that people have a, can offer good ideas. Um, I think I am going to brag a little bit about the fact that we've been able to do that, I think, yeah. in New Jersey. Um, I'll give you a example. Uh, I don't know if there's anything in the country that divides us more right now than, than things surrounding voters' rights. Um, there's a tax on it in many states. There's debate on it in, in, in almost every state. Um, 
questions uh, people trying to question elections and things like that and we just passed the bill on a bipartisan basis i was the sponsor the minority leader yep. and the mayo was the was the, the second prime um that worked to come up with addressing some of the concerns that people have uh in elections and how you know because the the, sh the way you get votes get counted uh, has has changed and that many people now vote by mail um a vote is still a vote is a vote it's it's you know things uh are always change right when i was a kid we went to smith street and further in with our christmas shop and then to the mall and now you can do it online it's still a christmas yeah. fee at the end of the yeah. day so but in, in New Jersey, what we did was we got together, and John and I and, and our colleagues, uh, up and down leadership and up and down the, the assembly, came up with with something that works, and we did it together. We passed it together. I think that's a, a clear example of how you can get things done if you just uh, work together and and respect the other guy's opinion. I mean, they agreed to things that they probably wouldn't abstractly agree to, and we did too. We yeah. understand. Um, but if you get to know people, if you really get to talk to them, and, and now obviously we can't get to know 9 million people to this level, but if you get to know people, then you can disagree with them, but you don't distrust their motives. And if we can get to that point, then I think we're making some progress. Uh, if we can come to a sense of all of us being in this together, uh, because so many of the things that affect us, we are in it together, right? I don't care whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. You don't want to pay five dollars for a gallon of gas. Yeah. You don't want you, you don't want to see the Ukraine get overrun uh, by the. Sure. Um, we have still have more things that we hold dear and in common. Um, you just have to kind of remember that, not get sidetracked by, you know, some of the other forces that would would seek to do that. Yeah, I know so that sounds. It, so it's of, like. No, but it's it's important. It's knowing the person as opposed to the political construct. Yeah. And that requires time. It does require time, but it also requires you to appreciate what your neighbor is doing, right? So yeah. if you're in, when you're off at a, a street fair in your community, and I, I, first of all, I urge everybody to go out and go to street fairs, go to the, you know, to the- You can visit the St. James Street Fair in Woodbridge, no. <laughs> Uh, it, it's coming up. Uh, it's coming up. I think it's September nineteenth. Uh, but um, yeah, get to know your neighbor. I mean, and and but just recognize that you may be disagreeing about something, but, you but know, it's okay. Things. You want to take your kid for ice cream. Everybody wants to take their kid for ice cream. Yeah, right? I remember my dad saying when he came back from the war, he would go to the American Legion of the VFW. And there were guys there that were Republicans or Democrats, but they all watched ABC, CBS, or NBC. And they all like read the, the, the Star Ledger in the morning. They they went to church or they went to synagogue or whatever. But there was, you know, they, they had that commonalities. But to mm -hmm. go to your point, they, they talked to each other, whether, you know, they had a conversation at the bar, they had a conversation at a picnic. And so they who they knew who each other were. Yeah, I think that's important. So, so give me what you think are the, if, if you can, the remaining minutes, the, the three challenges that you think on the horizon for New Jersey are important to maintain our competitiveness or maintain our position. 
Well, I think we have to continue to work on on taxes and make sure that those things stay in place. Um, I think we need uh, we need to, we need to do a good job at communicating the things that we do really well. You know, we have the best public education system in the country. Or you know, every year we're first, second, or third. Last two years in a row, we've been number one. That's a big important issue. If you're going to give people the opportunity to succeed, if you're going to bring, uh, if you're going to bring people to come to work in your state uh, and to live in your state. And by the way, that what was once common wisdom is really truly an urban myth uh, that people are running out of New Jersey. In fact, 500,000 more people live in New Jersey than in the last census. So, uh, so but we should continue to to do those things, and we should continue. Uh, to, to work together to, to craft the best New Jersey we can. And I, so, I know that sounds probably a little cliche, but the, the truth of the matter is we are, uh, we have done uh, an awful lot of good things uh, in terms of uh, you know, standing up for uh, people of diversity, of the most, one of the most diverse states in the country, if not the most diverse state. Um, I think we've, we've We've taken on the challenges that have come along uh, in, 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 along some of those lines, right? We we have sure. uh, recognized that social justice, uh, criminal justice reform, it, right? Exactly, right. I mean, we've um, we have the first bill we did a one was to have an equal pay bill for women. So this is a place that is open, open minded. Uh, and and able that was the to, only time i ever heard my mother and father argue about the my, my my father would say you know his voting block which was him and his and my mom and my mother was like don't get carried away with this jack you know she was she believed in the equal rights amendment but that's a you're right well you know? it was an equal pay bill right yeah, no, 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 but i mean your, your your equal pay was just recognizing the that was preposterous in 2018 that we yeah. had to pass a law to say that women got paid the same as men. Preposterous and insulting uh, to women, but we did. Uh, and, yep. and hope it's working. So when you look at, yeah, you look at those issues, um, taxes, education, equity of access. I mean, it, that, that creates opportunities for working families. That creates hope. What if, if, Craig has continues to do good things in life. What do you? How, how do you want Craig Coughlin to be known at the end of his life for what he did? What if you could think of that epitaph? What would it be? Wow, you know, I still got a couple of chapters left, but, <laughs> but uh, well, I, I, look, how would I guess I would like to? I, I think. Uh, I think somebody who who cared and made a difference, somebody who was, uh, you know, people I, I, I get called a nice guy a lot. I, I relish that term. Yes, yeah. true. Um, I, I on I'd like to be known as a guy who was, was fair. Well, was fair and and decent and and uh, who was a. The, the, the only thing I really wanted to be a world-class at, well, not the only thing I want to be a world-class, but the thing I've always wanted to be world-class at was being a father. Hope I'm recognized as that. Um, and a husband. A good husband, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think if, if, if you could 
sum that up and say, you know, he made his mother proud, pretty damn good. Greg, you, you can't be that. <laughs> you can't be that. No, that's, that's actually, um, that says it all. Well, I, I'm just uh, really grateful for, for your leadership and, and for your character and, and that you are a good guy and you are making a difference and not only in understanding the issues because of who you are and how you were raised, but where you live and what you do. And it speaks to your character, your family, your, your wife, your kids, but also well, you're, your you're going to keep saying such nice things. I'm going to come back every week, Jim. <laughs> oh no, I just, I, I, I shouldn't say this on, on camera, but I was just, I, I was at um, my friend, our friend, Skip Semino's, Gail Semino's um, funeral. Funeral mass, and I and I and I said to Skip, I said, you know, um, I think of families like that. I think of yours. I think of Skip's, and 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 um, and there's a lot of goodness there. So, and I, I just want to say, well, thanks. No, and I just want to say thank you, and and also to your better half who put up with me while we were bowling. I was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I was a, I was a bag on the team. So, but anyway, Craig, thank you so much. And thank, I should have made full disclosure. Just uh, know that Craig, Craig and Joe Vitale and, and Assemblywoman Lopez was kind enough to keep my father employed for many, many years as yeah. Semper Fi and, and uh, he no. was, yeah, he was, your father was a, was a wonderful man. He's a great man. Uh, yeah. That employed, I guess is, we were fortunate to serve with him. I think that's it because he never, you know, he wouldn't take a raise. He had a small salary. <laughs> but yeah. he, he, he loved what he did. And, yeah, he, 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 did. and he made such a difference in veterans' lives. Like there was no better veterans advocate. Uh, you talk about the funerals. And I remember Governor Christie being at your, your dad's uh, funeral and telling the story of how he wanted uh, a helicopter read. I forget which event it was. Carteret. And and, and calling up the governor and saying, I don't know what kind of show you're running there, Christy, but we need a we need a helicopter for this and that. And the governor, of course, uh, said, Jack, you'll have your helicopter. So exactly. Kind of, he he yeah. didn't care who was the governor. Exactly. He a helicopter. And he got his got his Danny Ryman got his helicopter. <laughs> So, well, thank you, Speaker. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your time. Be well. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, my friend. All God right. bless. All right. Thank you.